Good morning, everyone, and happy February 1st. Yeah, it's another month underway on the Mary Griffith Show. We're one-twelfth of the way through. And, of course, the Mary Griffith Show, powered each and every morning by Harvest Ridge Coffee from Refreshment Services Pepsi. I love my Harvest Ridge. In fact, I need another cup. But I didn't get it before Bruce Guthrie arrived, so I'll just be forced to wait. Maybe I can grab a bit at the farm market break. We don't know. But anyway, Harvest Ridge is always roasted and delivered in small batches to your home or office, or you can pick it up at the grocery store. Or if you're out and about right now and you're hungry for some Harvest Ridge, stop by your local convenience store and get it. The one, the only Bruce Guthrie has arrived at the WTAD studios to talk about the Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce. Mm. Tonight, Bruce, your counterpart, Mackenzie Disselhorst, is speaking to the American Business Women's Association in Quincy. That's great. She's wonderful. She is wonderful. She started with the Quincy yes, she Chamber did. of Commerce. Yes, she did. And now has moved up to the big dog slot. <laughs> yes, the big there. dog. She's doing a great, she's doing a great job. Animal. So she'll be talking a little bit about uh, you know, how to grow and build your business uh, mm-hmm. if you're a business woman and an entrepreneur. So we look forward to that tonight at 7 o'clock at Boodaloo. If you're interested in joining ABWA, just stop by. And come and join us. No, that's a that's a great organization that they have, and uh, Mackenzie does such a wonderful job. And of course, she's a she's a chamber person, I, you know. So I support her uh, all the time. We talk a lot and work together on things. So she's she's great. The Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce, you know, we've got chambers of commerce all over in Hannibal, Monroe City. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're all over everywhere. And just you know, before we get started, let's just talk about. What in the world is a Chamber of Commerce? What's the mission? Why do you exist? Because you've got a lot of things to talk about today, but let's just start no, with brass no, tacks. No. What's happening? Well, we're, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is here to help business, to, to help business thrive. You know, uh, we, are, we, are, we are here to, to connect businesses with each other, to help each other. We're to advocate for businesses um, at all times. Um, with any uh, in any it could be from a, a local or state or even a federal level to to uh, always give the the business uh, side of things and how uh, and how we make it better and and uh, uh, give businesses a better chance to succeed and then we also help to within the the business community we're helping to promote the community um, again we, you know we talk many times Mary when the community is doing well or we have we have great community uh, activities and events and we have we always talked about theater and parks and music and all that that is also a big plus for a business you know when you're recruiting business members uh, you want your employees to, to to love their community and want to stay in their community so that's what we're here for we we're here to also answer any questions you have about your business uh, and and give them give them the direction that they can go to get help I, I tell people all the time please call us uh, if you got you know and also to understand that there's a lot of businesses that are in the same the same boat, Mary. Oh, Don't yeah. feel like you're the you're the lone wolf out there. They're, 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 so they're there, and we're, we're there to help you. A lot of businesses will help you um, on questions. So that's why we're here, and that's why we're a 550 member strong organization uh, that uh, we're advocating, working hard to develop um, training uh, sessions and, and so many things, connections, business after hours. Um, Those trainings are really important because every time the government has a new mandate, <laughs> they expect the business to be able to figure it out. And, you know, why why reinvent the wheel 500 times? Just have a training and send everybody to the one location and get her done, as you say, because there will be a question somebody you're maybe hesitant to ask that somebody will be bold enough to ask. And the other day we just had a thing come out of the state of Illinois. They're going to give money to small grocery stores. 
so they can update their refrigeration and heating and cooling and their their freezers and their coolers for their businesses. And this is to try to keep small small town area grocery stores in business. So I'm going to stop that news story down to my favorite small town grocery store, Winking Market. Wink, Frank right. Winking, if there's any money in this for you, please apply yes. for this. And he'll probably call State Senator uh, Tracy or her office and figure out how to do that. So there's always something going on, and the Chamber of Commerce is always involved. You're not really a political organization, but you do no. lobby. We do lobby. You do lobby on behalf of your uh, business uh-huh. owners, and you also, you know, you have you take stands on certain things. Yes, we do. We we, we have a, a, a legislative committee that we're getting back together, and we look at these issues and what we want to um, lobby for or support, uh, uh, Mary. And uh, uh, there there are things that are that are coming up that you're going to hear where we support on on some initiatives that are going on in this community um, and uh, uh, that we, we, we support. You know, we want, we want businesses to be successful, and we want to do everything we can to help them. And uh, uh, you, you have to be forward-thinking. You have to be uh, part, of the, part of the solution, not part of the problem, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, come up with some ideas. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, you know we're, we talk all the time about positive ag- advocacy advocacy, I'll say that here in a second, uh, being positive. You know, sometimes we can get caught up in this negative uh, sphere, and I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, in there's so many positive things and positive things we can do to change this community and make it better. Well, when we talk about business, we can drive down Main Street, and we can see a lot of brick-and-mortar retail operations. We can see some factories. We can see things like that. But we're here today to talk about not driving down Main Street in Quincy, but driving on the outskirts of Quincy, because probably one of the biggest businesses is not owned by one conglomeration, but is by a thousand people conglomerating together, and that is the agriculture industry. And the Chamber of Commerce has a special banquet devoted just to supporting agriculture interests. And you've got some uh, awards that you're going to yeah, give out. Yeah, we, so we just announced, that. you know, every year uh, uh, since we've had this banquet. And matter of fact, this is the 25th year of celebration of the ag and, and the ag banquet in, in, in different forms. Um, but uh, we celebrate by um, awarding a agribusiness of the year, ag educator, and ag family. Um, we have we have announced uh, the chamber uh, uh, selects through a committee the agribusiness and ag educator, while the ag family is done through the Harold Wig and our partnership with them, and they'll be announcing that soon. But we did announce the uh, agribusiness, which is the Adams County Farm Bureau. Sean Walter over there, they do such a fantastic job advocating for for uh, uh, farmers and families and businesses. And then uh, our ag educator is Chris Voss, who's who's a wonderful retired educator and done a lot of things uh, uh, in agriculture and still does. So it's a wonderful night that Mary, I, you know, I came back to this chamber's job. I was like, wow, I can't believe the crowd we get with it. We get over 300 people all the time for this event. Well, it's ag a is packed big. crowd. I mean, I think that's the problem. You know, we can drive by Napai Manufacturing or ADM, which both are ag-related businesses. We can see those big complexes and all those cars parked in the parking lot for their employees. But you drive around the country and all you see is rows and rows of soybeans and rows and rows of corns and maybe a dairy and a pig operation, a cattle operation, and you don't think about that conglomerate number of people employed, agriculture is it. Because how the farm economy goes drives how our local economy goes. 
And let's face it, it's been a little bit tough cash flowing some of these farms. The input costs are soaring and uh, they're not getting the price they need uh, per bushel for their grains or really for their livestock. So it can be a tough row for uh for farmers so it's nice to get together and, and celebrate them well it really is there's 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 a lot of wonderful farmers and we say farming you know uh, could be a uh, 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 livestock or grain farmers or t- doing both whatever it may be and well i they, know a f- couple that is an indoor mushroom farmer th- there you go yeah that's that's, that's I mean, agriculture yeah you know, yeah it's there's all so, agriculture there's so many it's amazing the the amount of people that are affected by it or you know we're not even you know we mentioned adm and you, you know you talk about uh you know you got, you got you got titan you got the but you also got the folks like uh u.s wellness and sullivan and doyle manufacturing quincy farm products you got so many people that are involved in the agriculture in some regards and it's a huge huge part of our economy and so being able to have one night where we can celebrate it and 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 it's always amazing when we these farm families or these ag businesses get up and talk about what they do and and uh how uh uh how how they all support each other is just wonderful it's a wonderful event and we have it on march 12th out of town and country and um already we've gotten several tables already filling up so it's just it's a great night to celebrate it and to hear these stories of and and what i've noticed is these stories about how the ag community supports each other so so well um but again it is such an important part of our community i I was saying about that you know quincy tractor Berkey's now um, they, they took over right. Selby's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just a wonderful part of our our community that is so important. I mean, like I said, it is really vital to this community. Well, no, you know, the farmers so much depend on these city folk businesses to help them. You know, when they need a tire, when they need a part, when they need something, uh, you know, they need to rely on uh, their friendly city folk. And obviously we couldn't do anything around here, especially eat, if it wasn't for our farm families. And as the farmer goes in our area is pretty true between farming and tourism, uh, that pretty much covers the top of the food chain around here. Now we're lucky in Quincy because we have Blessing Hospital, which is a, you know, totally kind of different kind of business model, but yet Blessing Hospital is a collector for all those farmers who need a medical uh, you know, uh, helped as well. So we really couldn't do anything if it wasn't for the good base that we have with those family farms. Well, they really support all those businesses, as you said. The the medical community, which is really big here with the medical group and blessing, and then the manufacturing. Um, uh, it, it it's really amazing. It really is. I don't think sometimes we take a step back and look at that, and and how how important that is to us, and why, why we need to keep supporting it and and recognizing our agricultural community. Well, you mentioned a little bit about Farm Bureau, and I think they have 1,200 farm family members here uh, just in Adams County and Sean Balter, and what a great job they do. So involved in so many things, ag in the classroom. Talk a little bit about your ag educator, though, because it's interesting. When I was reading his bio, we had the story a couple of weeks ago when he was first named. It's like, first of all, I didn't know how to pronounce his name, so always put a pronunciation guide in your press release, okay? Yes, yes. Thank okay. you, Mary. Um, but you know, and that's my bad. I should know this person. He taught at John Wood for 30 years. But again, that's not my primary bailiwick. And so these people kind of go under the radar. I'm glad to see him getting some recognition because even in retirement, he's still an advocate. for He, the really, he really is. And I, I, 
I, I'd heard his name, but I didn't know really his history. And then when you start looking at this history of this and the importance of it, you, you mentioned something we didn't, we didn't even talk about was John Woods. Uh, their, their farming, their agricultural uh, uh, education program is just amazing. Yeah, that, With, new, that new yes. facility down there in Baylor. Yeah, it's just, you know. it's just incredible. Mike Tenhouse and that group do such a great job, but they do so much research that supports the farmers. Uh, and, and, and one thing I, coming back to this area, and, and I've got family that's in agriculture and, and being around them and seeing the importance of, and he's done, he's done research on, you know, uh, fertilizer, um, uh, crop rotation, nitrogen management, cover crops, all those things are how important. I didn't think much about that, grow, you know, working your daily life, but when you're on the farm and you, and, and how, how important that is to those farmers to have that research and how intricate and how technology has played its, it, it, its part in that. That is so important to have this arm of research and education that's going on. Well, thank you, Mr. Voss, for coming. all of that. Yeah. You know, if you want to say, how does this affect me, city slickers? Remember <laughs> last summer, Interstate 55 was shut down and 80 cars and vehicles were involved in a massive wreck because it was a windy day and the farm dust from them plowing the fields and working the fields blew across 55, creating a a dense situation where nobody could see and all those cars went off the road. And there again, anytime the wind is blowing and the dirt is blowing, you're losing, you're losing your productivity. So there was a lot, I think that caused a lot of people to say, whoa, you know, we've got to change some of our farming practices. I bet there's a lot more cover crops being planted over there uh, this spring planting than last spring planting. So, you know, agriculture is Everywhere we look, it is it is absolutely everywhere. How can we get tickets for the banquet? Go to uh, the uh, QuincyChamber.org website. Go to the uh, the calendar. Uh, press a button. You'll get to re- your registration. You can buy your tickets online. Uh, it's uh, March 12th out at uh, Town and Country uh, Hotel there, and it's um, we have like a, a five to six little social hour and then six o'clock we start the program and we have a nice little program we really recognize those uh again the ag business and uh, uh ag education and, and the farm family which will be announced so right. that's really we'll look that's really to that exciting in the herald way again yeah so uh, uh it'll be a good food spread too if you're great gonna have food, an ag you have yes you have a dinner you have a great food spread <laughs> uh, uh uh and it'll be it'll be it'll be wonderful uh and uh uh, it, it's it's just a it's just a great night and it's an important night that we need to do to recognize uh, those those and we want to do more in the ag community. We're talking about we're actually going to have a business after hours at Berkey's this in in June. I think that that's going to be exciting out there to be able to show off uh, uh, the farm implement uh, community uh, and what they do. So um, again, support the ag. Come out to the banquet if you have time and uh, and we'll have a great time. Okay, one minute. What else is coming up with the chamber? Well, one of the big things that I brought along here, we're, we're all of our the chamber directory is coming out. It's going to be over two thousand is going to be distributed around the community. I've already got one. Did you yeah. hand them out at the annual meeting? Yeah, we hand them out at the annual meeting, but we distribute them now. They'll go to all of our members. We start uh, delivering today to over. I think a hundred different locations um, where we put them out in the community so people can use them. And it's our directory that has all the businesses listed. Use that directory. If you need something for yourself or for your business, go in there and support those chamber members. Okay. Find that Chamber of Commerce 2024 business and resource directory and go to quincychamber.org if you ever have any more questions. Bruce Guthrie, thank you so very much. Another Bruce is waiting in the wings, and we'll talk to him in a moment. But first, listen to this message from the Legacy Theater up in Carthage. Have they got a great event coming up soon and a full lineup this uh, whole year 
of great events. We are back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. And we're going to talk today with Bruce Briney, the conductor and music director for the Quincy Symphony Orchestra. And we often don't have the maestro on, so I'm really going to pick his brain today. He's got such a great resume. He's been with the director of the Quincy Symphony Orchestra since 2008. He has a master's degree and a doctorate degree in performance from the University of Illinois. Yay and another lesser-known school, (laughs) Northwestern University. He recently retired as a full professor at Western Illinois University, and uh, he has performed, of course, with many ensembles. And back in 2013, the Illinois Council of Orchestras voted Bruce Briney Conductor of the Year, so congratulations for that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your academic career. What was it like teaching trumpet and other things at western illinois university uh it was really rewarding you know you interact with a huge uh, wide range diverse group of students and uh, you you educate them uh on music and the instruments and uh, it's really rewarding to see them grow and develop into fine musicians now obviously you know when you're a college level student you could take something very easy like music appreciation 101 or something right and then of course if you're taking trumpet from bruce briney you're pretty in you're pretty convinced (laughs) that that's what you want to do um some people have a hard time connecting i remember when todd pettit was named superintendent of school somebody said but He's just from the music department. Is it, you know, oh, well, you know, he's not a mathematician. How can he possibly run a school district? Well, musicians, uh, you know, it's you know, inter- they, yeah, you know, they you- carry a huge uh, uh, range of qualities, and uh, leadership and organization are at the top of that. You know, so people that are strong musicians have uh, good minds to do other things as well. They're good at math and science, that's right. for sure. But it is intriguing because if you're a doctor of chemistry at Western Illinois University, your students have a right answer or a wrong answer, or maybe they're developing some new theory. But in trumpet, I mean, obviously you can hit the wrong note. By the time they get to you, they've pretty much got the right note. Yeah. How do you judge, though? Because it's an art form. It's the way you do it. The same horn could be played by Bruce Briney and by somebody else. The very same horn would not produce the same sound. Right. It's, it's a very individual art form. And you know, you're trying to introduce students to uh, the, the range of literature for the instrument and uh, give them the skills to teach others as well. Yeah. So that's Because a lot really of your students hope to perform, but probably all are getting the backup safe degree of music education, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, So I've had primarily music ed majors. Uh, We also have programs in music business and music therapy, and I've had some performance majors as well. We have a dedicated graduate assistantship. In fact, they're looking right now, if anyone is (laughs) out there listening, there's an open graduate assistantship uh, for lead trumpet player in a jazz band. Okay, well, I am expert at the triangle, having studied for one hour under Dan Sherman, and was a triangle uh, performer. Had a performer at mm-hmm. the Quincy Park Band one summer. So, I probably don't qualify for Western <laughs> Illinois University, but I'll. But two, if I do, if they call you, please give me a good recommendation. I certainly will. Now, those who can 
also teach. But one of the things that Bruce Briney does, and I've never, I don't think I've ever heard you do this, is play the trumpet. Because you see, you're always up there in your tuxedo telling other people yes. which notes to hit. Waving my arms. And so right. on February 10th, at the next symphony performance, we're going to get a chance to hear Bruce Briney as trumpet soloist in Born on the 4th of July. Is this also music of John Williams? It is. It is. Right. Um, this is from a movie from the early 80s, I believe, and a very powerful, emotional film of of, a Vietnam War commentary. And uh, there is a... uh, True story. True story. And uh, there is a very expressive uh, musical solo that begins and ends the piece, and uh, I'll be playing that, yeah. So uh, we're going to start the concert off with... The guest conductor, um, who is the conductor of the Quincy Youth Symphony, Dr. Rich Cangro, and uh, I will join the side-by-side experience uh, with the Olympic spirit music and then uh, move over to play the solo on Born on the Fourth of July, and then I will <laughs> go back to holding the baton. <laughs> okay, so you're leading things off. Yeah. Now, let's talk about this. Um how hard is it? I mean, obviously, you're very gifted. But there has to be a certain amount of pressure when you're right there in your own backyard. Well, a little uh, bit. You yeah. know, I, pra- um, I practiced a lot for and this. And I was going to say, <laughs> this is probably not the easiest piece to play. You probably have picked something that's got a little gravitas to it. A you know. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. How is it different, and is it good every once in a while, to put the person who is the critic at the front going, no, 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 you were late, or no, 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 you were sharp, or no, 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 you were flat, to get out there and, and have to do it in front of everybody themselves. Oh, I think it is. You know, most, all conductors uh, have a background as either an instrumentalist or a singer or a pianist, and uh, that's how they grew and developed before they went into conducting. So I think it's appropriate that those, that, our conductors uh, stand up and also do some playing. 2008, you've been heading the Quincy Symphony. Talk about that. I do believe we are the smallest. Are we not the smallest city in the United States with a symphony? Oh, I, I, I've never heard that fact. You've never heard that fact? No. Is well, it, I just uh, made but, it up right but, now. What do you mean you, you've never you, heard uh, it? You how speak could you be so, so authoritative? So <laughs> I think it's true. Okay. I've always heard that was true. Oh, Can I, you think of a smaller town that has a symphony? Hmm. Well, let's see. I've stumped the maestro. You know, uh, I play in a summer festival. I was going to say, Door County. Okay, it's a least. very small town up there. But Fish now, Creek. that's just one little summer festival, Well, though. that's true, yes. I mean, this is not like people that live there year-round, right? So we have, I mean, from a tri-state area, you gather them, but I mean... Right. I, well, we, you know, this we community know. Is, is could be very, very, very proud of the orchestra, which has recently just celebrated its 75th anniversary. I mean, it's really remarkable the number of people that have come through and played in the organization. And the support from the community. And the support from the community is phenomenal. enormous. So talk about your Door County experience, because, again, that's the other thing that I think is so important for professors, for people that lead a group in their you know hometown <clears> area to get out and uh, enjoy a wider experience and see how, see what other people do and how they do it. Talk, talk about Door County, Wisconsin. Sure. It is a tourist mecca during the summer. It is. Uh, 
it's a chain of very small towns on the peninsula, and then in the summer it kind of explodes with activities. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, you've got Sturgeon Bay on one side and Lake Michigan on the other side of the peninsula, and it's a, a strong artistic group up there as well. So there's the Birch Creek Festival, which is a teaching festival, uh, and then there's a Peninsula Music Festival, which is a performing orchestra made up of orchestral musicians from around the country. And for many, many, many years, uh, it was led by my mentor, uh, Victor Yampolsky. And I had we, my wife and I went up 33 years ago, and we heard a concert, and she said, gosh, wouldn't it be great if you had a chance to play up here? And I said, oh. And she was really saying, wouldn't it be great if I had a chance to shop up here and sit out in the sun? That's what she was really saying, but we'll fill that in for the wives out there. So uh, I got a call to play as a substitute and as an extra, and that turned into a regular position, and I've been there for 30 years now. Wow. And uh, so... It's really terrific because it's a super intense schedule. It's uh, nine concerts in three weeks and three rehearsals per concert. And uh, you're always um, you're working and you're working with really great people who can turn it out at a at a super high level. So if they need a triangle player, please okay, <laughs> I will forward your name. So you have really <laughs> summered in Door County now. This yes, has been your yes. thing, your uh, thing to do. It was always our dream to maybe get a place up there, and last year we actually did that. Really? Yes. They pay pretty well at Western Illinois <laughs> University, apparently. Okay. Well, that is fantastic. Okay. Bruce Briney, my guest today, he is the conductor of the Quincy Symphony Orchestra. He is also the soloist on a trumpet solo, February 10th, his... Uh, Born on the 4th of July, uh, written, of course, by John Williams, and the whole concert is about John Williams' music. We'll talk more about that, but first we're going to take a little commercial break. Step aside, 10 minutes away from Fox News at the top of the hour, 50 degrees. We're back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. My guest today is Bruce Briney. He just retired from Western Illinois University after a long career there. He has been uh, in charge of the Quincy Symphony Orchestra since 2008. He spent decades in Door County every summer playing in a uh, group up there, and uh, we're going to get a treat. The Quincy Symphony Orchestra presents the music of John Williams, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, February 10th at Quincy Junior High School. Let's pack the Morrison Auditorium. Tickets are $15 for seniors if you're 62 and over, $18 for adults. Children always get in free. 18 and younger get in free. So no reason not to bring the kids because we know this music, Star Wars, Harry Potter, E.T., Indiana Jones. Um, It's very important uh, to have something that, pleases the crowd, as we say, because getting people involved in symphonic music, uh, like my husband, for example, is like dragging him to, you know, something that's awful as far as he's concerned. However, every time he gets there, he likes it. That's good. And he'll especially like this because it'll be stuff he's more familiar with. Definitely. How important is it to do something popular like John Williams, and not just do Mozart and Bach and Beethoven all the time. Well, programming is really important as it, uh, it, it's a type of reflection of your community. Uh, you have a responsibility, I think, to do some education and introduce these masterpieces you know, to the audiences. And also you need to connect with them and get them into the house. So 
some you know popular music or recognizable music from the movies is a great way to do it. And yeah. Williams is uh, a master. Well, just because he's contemporary doesn't mean he's not you know on the line of you know Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, mm-hmm. those guys. I mean, only time will tell where he stands in history, but. Uh, certainly, just because you're—is he still alive, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So just because you're still, still working. Yeah. Just because you're <laughs> yeah still composing, and that's another thing. We'll talk if we have a minute. We'll talk about your efforts to always have original compositions as part of the Quincy Symphony year. Um, when people come to this, though, they're going to hear familiar music, but they're going to see it literally with their eyes. All those different instruments taking part in that, and that's going to change their perception of what a symphony is. And it may bring them back in then to hear something next time that right. they're not quite so familiar with. Performance art is, is really significant in the sense that it, it can only be created in the moment. So you only hear that interpretation one time as you're sitting in the house. So it it's really unique and uh, significant on that level. You're creating this art form for this audience. It's, it's very... Um, Oh, how shall I say? It's I mean, it's experiential. It, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and well, you know, it's like live theater. You'll never see the same performance right. twice because you can't. And so, uh, if you did this show three Saturdays in a row, your baton would move slightly differently. Yes. You'd have a different tempo. I mean, no matter how much you rehearse, you're up there and you get caught up in it. So you also, I mean, you really are the conductor. You're saying, oh, I want this to grow stronger, maybe even than Williams had wanted. I want this Mm -hmm. to be elongated, maybe even more than Williams had wanted. How much, carte blanche, how much do you put you, Bruce Briney, into the work of John Williams, or is that verboten? Stick to the script. Well, I think in this case, I I interpret what he's written on the page, and I, I study his performances as well, and I try to get as close to his performances as I can, uh, but I also do my own things in terms of some tempos and uh, some spots where there's longer durations of time or silences. Uh, silences are a big part of the music as well. Yeah, not only what's played, but what not is played, what is not played. Composition, we've only got about two minutes left, but I want to talk about that. It seems to me the Quincy Symphony Orchestra is constantly turning out new pieces. Um, why is this important to you to commission pieces and to have new works performed by Quincy Symphony? Uh, I think it's significant to uh, introduce new pieces to our audiences and give composers a, a stage to premiere their works. So every year we have a um, a programming uh, inclusion that is uh, a new a new piece that we've commissioned commissioning project for the season. And uh, some years, actually, we've even had two new pieces. So we, uh, we've, we've gone to local uh, composers, regional composers, and uh, asked them to write for the, the organization. And it's, it's really fascinating what they come up with. And uh, some things are, are adventurous. You know, we did a, a computer-generated sound piece that was uh, written by Jim Caldwell, uh, and then we did some more mainstream pieces that were written by Jim Stevenson. Uh, we've done some carol arrangements that were arranged by John Miniman. So it's been uh, it's been a joy to you know introduce new music to the local audiences. Do you compose? 
Well, I've done some arranging, but I haven't done any composing. Okay, well, now you have <laughs> summers in Door County and the whole rest of the time free now that you're retired, except you have to still be the Quincy Symphony director. You're never really retired, no, are you? No, we're, no as we're long not, as you can uh, play that trumpet, you're never retired. We just keep going, yeah. Well, we look forward to maybe I'll commission a piece, a tribute to Bruce <laughs> Briney on trumpet. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure when you can stop by. We hope to see you more often now that you're not tied to your professorial <laughs> chair there at Western Illinois University. Folks, do not miss this concert. I will be there. I wouldn't miss it for the world. The music of John Williams. If you're a movie fan, come and see it from its origins and see how it looks played by that big, beautiful symphony. Thank you. <laughs> 